Welcome everyone to the Design 101 podcast. My name is Amanda Gates and I own Gates Interior Design in Nashville, Tennessee. My company specializes in living a stylish and holistic life. My goal with this podcast is to celebrate all the blessings that we receive from a well-designed life. I hope to introduce you to inspirational people, teach you new ways to live better, and empower you to design your best life through intention. There are many ways to achieve balance and harmony in our lives, but it all starts at home. Join me each month to be inspired, transformed, and motivated to live your best life. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Design 101. I'm your host Amanda and today's guest is Mithru Parikh from lifeisorganized.com. I'm super excited to have her on the show today. I first learned about her from a company that's here local in Nashville. It's an online blog called Style Blueprint. It's kind of like the um, go-to guide for all of us ladies to find out like great places to eat, new businesses, and things that we should pay attention to. At any rate, she was on there over the summer and what I love about me through is that she's passionate about getting more done in less time and she's also helping many people in Nashville and beyond overcome their battle with clutter and teaching them how to stick with it to simplify their lives I mean who can't relate to that am I right so this is a lifestyle goal that is near and dear to my own heart because it relates very closely to the principles of feng shui and as Angie Cho and I discussed earlier this year in our podcast together those with the least amount of clutter often achieve more, get things, uh, more things done in less time, and we uh, will tend to accumulate more wealth and better health goals when we aren't completely weighed down with clutter. Seems like a tall order, I know, but today Mithru and I will discuss why clutter is detrimental to our lives and health, why so many of us succumb to clutter and just give up, uh, health benefits of getting organized, and easy steps to get it done and stay there. Hope you're excited. Let's get started. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Design 101. I'm your host Amanda Gates today and I am so excited to have me through Parik on the show from Life is Organized. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Amanda. I'm excited to have you on. Um, one of the, the big reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is that a big part of what I do with my business is I always, always start with a home's clutter. Um, a lot of, you know, I'm a, a feng shui practitioner and so I, um, you know, I'm a professional uh, interior designer as well, but I always, before I start any kind of a, a concept or, or really start with a, a master design plan, I want to get the home right. I want to get the um, the joy and the happiness right. And clutter really holds us down and, and really um, can hold us back. And one of the things that you say on your website is overwhelming and stressed. And that is absolutely what clutter does. Um, so I love what you do. And I'm curious, how did you get into this business? How did you find your way to organization and making it into a business and becoming an entrepreneur? Well, good question. <laughs> is that I was not always organized. And I always like to tell people that because I think they just assume that, oh, I must have just been born with this and I've always been so organized and it was not like that at all. However, I will say I was always a neat person. Like I've never like to see clutter around me. So I'm someone, if you walked into my room, my bedroom when I was younger or, you know, like the 
things would be off my shelves and off my bookcases. And, you know, what about if you open a drawer or a closet? God forbid. I mean, it was like everything would just be shoved in there. <laughs> um, you know, as I got older, never, I was always late getting to places, never balanced a checkbook. I mean, I was not your typical, you know, organized person. But I got along fine. You know, I was, I was fine. I could take care of myself. I could manage. Nothing went like so chaotic, overwhelmingly crazy in my life. I, you know, it was okay through my 20s. But I'd say when things really got stressful and felt overwhelming and out of control was once I was married and had a family. And I think that happens a lot when it's, you know, you can sort of take care of yourself and you can get by. But when you bring in two, three, four people into your family and now you're the nurturer and the caretaker and, as I like to say, the doer and knower of all things in this home, (laughs) then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what is happening? Things are just, it's just exactly what you talked about, just that clutter and that overwhelm and that stress and that anxiety just starts building up. So basically I'd say, you know, as I said, things went fine. And then when I met my husband, we had a very, very, very short engagement, very short courtship, I guess, engagement, got married very quickly and I got pregnant all in that order. But that all happened in eight months. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I met him, we got engaged and planned a huge wedding, was pregnant a month later and my son was born before we had our first anniversary. So at this point, we moved in together. I switched jobs. I switched cities, had a baby, and planned a wedding in one year. So if you can imagine the the amount of life events that happened, and it, but it still, you know, it was okay. We were moving along, moving along. It's like I didn't even have time. I was working full time, very long hours, didn't really even have time to just, like, just look at the big picture and realize how chaotic things were until I had my second child, um, my husband and I picked up, moved from New York, moved to Nashville, had no family, no friends, new house, new job, another baby. And that is when I say, that's when I really was like, this has got to change. Like I, there's just too much going on. And luckily at that point for me, I was able to step away from my job for a couple of years and take time off. And that's when I really started getting organized and just I just wanted to get control again. I felt too out of control. So I started reading and blogging and studying and just figuring things out and recognizing that I actually did have the skills to do it, as I believe many people do. I just had to learn how to do it more and slowly started letting go of all this stress and just started living happier, like truly having more joy in my life, like having more clarity, having more room, having more freedom. And I loved it. I became crazy passionate about it. And that just sort of led me into my my coaching career or my job as an organizer. I wanted to help other moms specifically and other women just feel this way, to, under, to recognize that you don't have to hold it all. We can. There is a way out. There is an easier way. There's a better way to live. And I started organizing locally. And then that sort of led me more into coaching and teaching and public speaking. And now that's led me to Life is Organized, which is primarily online coaching tutorials or speaking and it just allows me to reach a global community of women and instead of just a smaller group around in my community so sorry that was a long answer but no that was great and you're right I mean it does allow you to to create a greater impact on people's lives and I think that's probably one of the greatest thing about women entrepreneurs is it's you know it's it really is about that bigger picture and how to really change people's lives and, you know, make lives better, happier, because clutter is, 
it can not only be overwhelming just the physical part of it, but the emotional part of it too. It can just weigh you down to the point to where you feel like you can't even breathe. And I don't think that people really associate clutter in that way until they slow down enough and, and when they like just clean out a junk drawer and start getting a little bit organized, like how great it makes you feel. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Sometimes I tell clients or friends or women, I'm like, just clean out your wallet. Like just start with your wallet and your purse and you're going to feel like, like you just had 20 pounds off your, literally off your shoulders physically, but I mean really off your, you know, emotionally, mentally, just to be able to look into your wallet and find your, you know, your receipts or your credit card or reach into your purse and not, it'd be like a black hole of just, you know, everything. Um, so I think you're right. It is just a small drawer to your wallet to, you know, your glove compartment. It's every little space. And when you feel, when things just move a little bit more smoothly, it's just a huge impact on your day, on your life, on your energy, and on your mood. Mm, I, I agree with that. So what did you used to do before, prior to becoming an organizer? I, I had my career was in direct marketing for in direct mail, <laughs> way back before internet days. Yeah. So, um, it, was, it was just a different, you know. Completely different. different. Yeah, different everything. And I mean, the, obviously the internet was around back then, but I was really primarily working on direct mail for some really large companies, but it was it was very different than what I'm doing now. Yeah. Well, and I think like you said uh, in the intros, it's very important to know that this isn't something that you just came equipped with. Um, I think that a lot of people, I, I deal with this with my own clients, is, you know, they, they ha there's this level of guilt of because I'm a woman, I, I should know how to decorate and I should know how to do this. And, you know, we all have uh, amazing skill sets and we all have amazing things that we offer the world, but it, it is, you know, it's not necessarily the one thing that you think that you should know how to do. And I think that organization is one of those things that people feel like they should just automatically be able to do. And um, it's funny because I feel like the level of consumerism has gone up so much in the last 50 years. And so um, we just accumulate stuff now that we don't necessarily need. And right. then it just becomes that overwhelming, chaotic. And then, like you said, you're dealing with not only yourself, but your entire family. And to me, clutter relates uh, very closely to the post office. One of my good friends years ago used to work at the post office, and she used to have this analogy that just sums up clutter to me, that they would have all this mail for the day, and they would distribute it and get it out of the center, and they would feel like such a sense of relief. And then at the end of the day when they would come back, all of the bins would be completely refilled again of mail. <laughs> yep. So she said there was never this sense of accomplishment, like you have just the, like this little fleeting moment of relief, and then it would all be full again. And that, to me, is what clutter is. Yes. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't end. And I think that's another maybe misconception that people have that, oh, I'll just get, once I get organized, everything will change. Or once I get this out, everything will be different. It helps for sure, but it's an, it's an ongoing, continuous process. It's just like taking care of your health or, you know, just your fitness. Or it's not like you do it for a month and then you're set for life. It's just you get systems in place, you get habits in place, and then it's just a part of your daily lifestyle and it continues throughout your life. So, you know, it's, I, you know you're absolutely right. It doesn't, it's not that everything's organized and the bin is empty and the next day it's going to stay that way. It's going to continue to get full. But how do we react to that is really, I, I think, the difference between 
being able to maintain it or letting or letting it overwhelm us. So that that brings me to uh, a great question: is why why do so many people find it so hard to one get organized, but then that second step of really making it into a lifestyle change and staying organized? Where's the disconnect there? So I actually think you just hit it in something you said before, which is about the abundance of stuff coming in. I call this this inflow versus outflow. We tend to have our inflow, like what is coming in, whether it's through consumerism or just things that come home with us, like your kids from school, the paperwork they bring or the mail that comes in or your gym equipment or anything else that comes into our homes. It comes in at such a greater rate than we can physically, emotionally, mentally process it and get it out. So it really, if you look at it almost like a math equation, you know, if something is coming in 10 times at the rate of which you can take it out, it's just always going to be too much. You know, and I think that's why we people, we find it so hard to, to get organized or stay organized because it's coming in so quickly and there's not really enough filters of what the amount that's coming in and we can't keep up with getting it out that quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I, I think that... Um... Uh, for me, I know that I'm when I'm working with clients on from a feng shui standpoint, I go more at the direction of of trying to explain to people what that clutter represents mm-hmm. and what it's doing to their life versus yeah. if they are even if they're not fully organized but somewhat organized and and not hanging on to so much stuff, how that can change their life. But I think that the biggest issue with people is that they they feel like they can't get rid of stuff because of guilt. So yeah. let's talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, I, I have found that some clients are, they hang on to things for all of the wrong reasons <laughs> and they don't necessarily need those items. I'm, I'm working right. with a client now that um, she's got many, many art pieces that her mother had and they're... I mean, some of them are pretty wild, like they, they've got, you know, like a, a bad visceral reaction, but she hung on to them for the fact that they were her mother's. She doesn't like them. They don't really do anything for her. They're hanging in her house. They fill the walls, but like there's no emotional attachment, which luckily she was able to auction them off and now she's buying things that she loves, but a lot of clients won't do that. They feel this humongous amount of guilt for wanting to get rid of photos or things that their parents had or whatever. So how do you work with clients like that and how do you get over that hump? Well, I think you're completely right. That is a huge reason, one of the many reasons why we just people can't get rid of items. And one thing I ask my clients is, how do you think that this person, let's say you're inheriting it, like those photos, I'm just going to use the paintings since that's what we were just talking about. How do you think your mother, if that was a client I was speaking to, would want you to feel? Do you think that your mother would want you to feel burdened? Do you think she would want you to feel overwhelmed? Do you think she would want you to feel like trapped in this world of I can't, you know, and, and that I can't move forward? I mean, so I often say, what do you think is the intention of the person that you're associating this guilt with? And most of the time, people will say, no. I mean, I think an intention would be joy. What this person would have wanted from me was happiness was freedom, you know, and then if you start disassociating and really thinking about 
what the intention is and how someone want you to feel. Because I do think you need to draw it back to emotions. It's a very emotional reason why people are keeping things, right? It's a guilt. So if you can tie it back to the emotions of what would that person want you to feel, if they would want you to, to shed this burden on you, then it might be easier for them to let go of it. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that a lot of times there is emotion that they tie to those items, but it's the wrong emotion. Right. You know, um, again, going back to the feng shui standpoint is that, you know, I always tell people we don't want the associ the uh, association of emotion to be guilt or um, the wrong emotion, but we want that association to be, you know, joy and we want it to uplift you and to make you feel good because, you know, that's what's going to create a environment that lifts you up and makes you feel great and will probably help you stay organized because you're happy, you know. Absolutely. Um, so what does, you know, I've talked a little bit about um, the association through my business and what I've seen with clutter, but what are some of the the effects that clutter can have on our lives and, and how does it, um, you know, how can it really take over and create that emotion of feeling overwhelmed and anxious and stressed versus having someone like you come in and really help someone get organized and, and the difference of how they feel and how they run their lives? Well, I truly believe that clutter or disorganization robs people of their time, their space, their energy, and their freedom. And it just adds to the anxiety, and it also prevents you from making clear decisions. And this can be on a, a level of just physical. So, so many times if you maybe if you walk into a room or a space and it's just cluttered and there's tons of stuff and it just feels sort of chaotic, just the physical just just physically looking at it, not, not even thinking about the emotional aspect to it or mental, just physically looking at it can shut you down. And I find that, I call this a paralysis analysis. Like you just completely paralyzed, you can't move forward, and then you feel unmotivated to deal with it. And I really think it's just like this downward spiral at that point. Once you're unmotivated, then you feel like this is just how it has to be. You kind of lose this, you lose this confidence in being able to tackle these projects or this, your self-esteem goes down. I mean, I think it gets into such a deeper level of what that represents, of what this clutter and disorganization represents just physically. And then just emotionally, again, you know, if you feel like you can't move forward or that you're always in this rut or you're stuck and it's similar to what you said. I don't, you know, it's just robbing you of that joy. You're not getting that joy and the living your purpose in life and enjoying it. You're rather just sort of in this cyclical pattern of overwhelm and stressed out and anxious about everywhere you look or not being able to get places on time or not being able to, you know, just get information when you need it or being able to find something when it, at the time that you want it or even knowing what you have. It just, has implications on every part of your life. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny because I talk a lot about clutter on the show. And, you know, it's always the, what I call below the cross type emotions of, you know, guilt and paralysis and, and 
uh, lack of joy and it's like when you talk about being able to live a life that is organized so that you're not being robbed of time and you do have that freedom and you actually know where shit is I mean come on <laughs> there's yeah. some there's some validity to that and, and knowing how to um, run a more organized life you would think that people would like the light bulb would go on and they oh I want to live like that that sounds amazing but you know it, it people do struggle with it but um, I have to say like you know simple things in my life like you know like uh, when a package comes in I have a drawer that the scissors are in the scissors are always there when I'm done yes. using them I put them back um, you know those are things that if you don't know where for the sake of this example, your scissors are, and you waste seven minutes of your life walking through the entire house to find a pair of scissors, that adds up over the course of a year. Yes. Well, there's a stat out there in the organization world that, you, you know, a lot of us use is that, and in a survey that was done, the typical American person spends on average an hour a day looking for something that they know they have but they can't find and it could be as simple as right your scissors or your keys or a receipt a piece of paper an article of clothing and over the course of the day it adds up to an hour and over the course of the year that adds up to two weeks so wow. two of our life in trying to find things that we know we have I mean that's such a lot that's like that's a full vacation I was just gonna say that's vacation yeah. You're burning through your vacation time. Yeah. So that's a really literal, you know, example of what this does, what this can do to you, the effect it can have on your just day-to-day -day living. It, I mean, that really is a, a testament to tiny house living, man. You mm -hmm. know, like get a little 400-square-foot yeah. house so <laughs> you don't waste as much time. Yeah. I mean, if you think of the, you know, a 10,000-square-foot house and you're running all over the place looking for a pair of scissors... <laughs> you may waste a month. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the number one mistake that everyone makes? I would say that people organize and reorganize and move around their clutter. So instead of getting rid of clutter and then trying to organize it, so really streamlining, simplifying, focusing on the items that bring you the joy and uplift you, they take what they have and keep reorganizing that. Or they'll, they'll minimize a little bit. They'll take out a few things. Maybe they'll take out, you know, let's, let's take a, you know, again, your junk drawer. Maybe you'll take out three things until you feel like you've simplified it and then you'll reorganize it and then you're wondering why a week later it's a complete disaster again. So primarily I find that the, the step should really be simplify, like minimize as much as you can, and then organize. But... Yeah, Many I would say get rid of step. You know, yeah, they skip that step and they just go, they're just trying to organize what they have. And that doesn't usually help because we just have too much. So the first thing is we need to shed a lot of what we have and then the organization becomes very simple after that. Like I think people are amazed at how quickly you can organize once you shed and you declutter. Well, and I think there's a, a big hump. There's what we talked about earlier, which is the guilt, the guilt yeah. factor of, oh, I can't get rid of this for X, Y, Z. And then there's also the, you know, what I run into a lot with my own clients is, oh, well, I'm going to need that someday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a lady that had a bunch of boxes in, in her garage and they were, you know, they were folded down, but 
They had been out there for, gosh, five years. They were covered in cobwebs and dirt and dust. And I'm like, well, why are we, why are we hanging on to these? Because in this particular home, this area of her home was associated with love and marriage. And she was looking for a husband. And I'm like, so would you rather have these boxes or would you rather have a husband? Like, you know, these are, these are the ways that we need to start thinking here. And, and she was like, well, I, I, might, I might need those. And I'm like, okay, but when? Well, I don't know, someday. And so there's this level of, you know, a, a small level of hoarding. But it's like, okay, well, we can get rid of the boxes and really clean up the space. And if you do need a box, there's a FedEx just down the road. <laughs> we can buy some, you know. So how do you get past people's mentality of hanging on to things like that, that is like this depression era uh, mentality, which they didn't even go through the depression, right? And so, yeah. like, how do you get past that mentality of you don't really need it? Well, I think sometimes it's just, it can be as simple as, like, someone like you or I working with someone, because often people just need the permission. And it's strange, or just not strange, it's just they've never thought about it. It's something that's sort of been ingrained in your mind, like, I can't let go of this, I have to hold on to this. There really is no... It's something that's just rote, like you don't think about it. It's like, this is just how it's always been. You know, there's no questioning of it. There's no one asking you why. There's no insight from you about thinking about that. So sometimes I think it's just asking these tough questions to someone, giving them the few minutes to think about it, you know, and they do then recognize, well, you're right. You know, sometimes I, I just didn't even know I had the permission to do that, to let it go. Like I, you know, I thought it was just something I had to do. So that's one thing I, I think just works at times when I'm working with someone is they're, they're so thankful that someone just told them it's okay. You know, it's okay to let it go. And I think that reassurance or that reinforcement from someone, and especially if it's an expert or someone who's been through it, it's just, you know, it's like talking to a friend who says it's going to be okay. You're going to survive. Another thing is I ask people to do I say take baby steps, like get rid of maybe half that pile of boxes or two of the boxes, depending on what it is, and get rid of them and then come back to a week later and say, how did that impact my life? Is it any different today? Do I feel any worse? Am I, you know, is, has it done, has it impacted me negatively in any way? Have I even thought about it again since I've donated those half of those boxes? And when you recognize that you don't, it's like you have to have this faith almost back instilled in yourself that you have to know that it's going to be okay. So I say go in a little bit, like test the waters, let get your give yourself the reassurance because you are, I mean, almost nine out of ten times or pretty much every time people are like, yeah, I don't even remember, I don't even remember what it was there. I don't even remember what I let go of. I don't remember what it was. And it gives you that confidence that you have to build that up in yourself your, again to be able to say, I'm going to be okay if I let go. And then the next time around, you can let go of the rest of the pile or you, you know, a few more and a few more. So sometimes I think jumping into it at one time is too scary and too overwhelming. And you just got to do it in little baby steps, build up their confidence, and then they're willing to let go of things much easier. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think the the permission is a, is a big thing. I know that, um, when I was going, uh, through school years ago, my instructor, we had like an entire course on clutter and we had this experiment where we had to go through our house and we had to, we were given boxes and we had to fill the box to the brim and bring it to class and we had to give it to her. And so in two weeks, which we didn't know the time frame, she just wanted us to bring the box. But in two weeks, she'd said at the beginning of class, you can have your box back if you can tell me what's in it. 
Oh, I love that. <laughs> Not one of us could remember what the hell was in our boxes. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. You know, I'll, I'll go away with a trunk load of stuff, and it's exactly that. You'll ask a client a week or two later, and they have no idea what was there. You know, they don't even want to know, but yeah. they remember. And but what a great experiment. Like, that taught me so, so much about clutter and the shit that we hang on to that we don't need. Like, we... I don't know if it's a like a security blanket or a comfort thing, but it's like, you know, and that was a great experiment for me in my own life because I just, you know, if especially paper, we get so bogged down with paper and, you know, paraphernalia, whether it's mail or, you know, if you work at home, there's just paper everywhere. And I've learned like, you know, I just get rid of everything and I throw everything away. And another great thing that I learned was that, you know, women, especially they will buy clothes and they will, you know, never wear them, but they'll hang on to them because, oh, it was expensive or this happened or whatever. Mm hmm. And I have found that, you know, I just ask my, myself the question, you know, if I do that or if I have a client that does that, I will just say, would you spend that same amount of money today to buy that item? And if they, you know, if they say no, then we get rid of it and we donate it. Like there's just little tricks along the way that I think that, you know, you have to put on yourself so that you don't feel guilty about doing it and it allows you to let go. Yes. I totally agree. And I also think that sometimes it's just, I say, you know, do you want to, do you feel like you're a good person? Do you, are you involved in service as much as you'd like to be? No. Well, this would be a great way for you to do. This is your community service. This is like, you're, you're giving back to someone in the community who could really use this. And this is the easiest, quickest way without a huge investment of your time or energy to do that. And then that also sometimes helps a lot. Yeah, I agree. So what are some tips that you have? Do you have like a, a couple of things that you could offer to the listeners today if they are just feeling completely overwhelmed and stressed out and like, you know, they're one of those that are giving two weeks worth of vacation time up you know, <laughs> looking for scissors. You know, what are some, you know, as the expert, what are some tips that you could offer today to maybe help someone start getting uh, moving in the right direction to getting their si- their selves a little bit more organized and and feeling a little less overwhelmed. One thing I would say is to use the one minute rule. You may have heard this, but it's basically doing anything over the course of the day that takes a minute sixty seconds or less. And it's amazing when you start actually thinking about the amount of things that we tend to put off. It, it that adds so much stress and overwhelm and anxiety at the end of the day. So, for example, right, when you take out those scissors, it takes probably 30 seconds, maybe 15 seconds, depending on where you're standing, to go put them back in that drawer. When you brush your teeth in the morning, you know, put that toothpaste back to where, where it goes. Or if you're fixing your hair, you know, stick your hairspray in your brush back. Or, you know, anything like that, a book, a uh, Whatever it is, anything that takes less than one minute, if you use a dish, it's going to take you less than 60 seconds to put it in the dishwasher, put it in the dishwasher. The difference is if in the end of the day, let's say you haven't done any of that, and you walk into your house or your bathroom, and if there's the toothpaste is out and all the makeup and the hairbrushes, and the, now everything's entangled in each other, and it's a mess, and it just becomes, again, that paralysis. It's so overwhelming because what could have taken 15 seconds here and 20 seconds there now feels like it's going to take two hours, you know, and it does, and it does add up more once things are mixed in with each other. So 
try to identify throughout the throughout the day. Just keep saying to yourself, "Will this take me sixty seconds?" And so you might even want to say, "Will it take me thirty seconds?" If you want to start with that, because there's so many thirty second tasks even that will help release that overwhelm at the end of the day. So that's one thing. Another, I'd say, is more related to time management, but this completely affects the way you your whole day runs, your productivity, your just, again, your feelings of overwhelm, is to plan your day the night before. And really just take five minutes the night before and plan out exactly what you're going to do over the course of the next day. So whether it's you know, a personal thing like getting up and exercising for an hour or dropping off errands or paying bills, making dinner, you know, getting to work, what we're going to do there and just mapping out that day and writing it out on your schedule. Like I love a, like a online kind of calendar or Google calendar and blocking off that time. That releases so much stress when you wake up in the morning and to have to wake up with that foundation and just knowing what I'm going to get done and feeling successful at the end of the day and not thinking every hour, what do I have to get done is a really huge way to get through your day in just a happier mood, a happier state, which all relates to your organization and your productivity. And lastly, I'd say work on a system to go through your paper, like your mail every day. I think the incoming papers, as you just talked about in that mail, is yet another thing that just piles and piles. It gets overwhelming. You don't want to deal with it. It's If that can you can set aside a five-minute every day, daily time of opening that mail, you know, throw out anything you don't need, get it right into the recycling. Anything you do need, put, this is my trick here, put a sticky note of the exact action that needs to be taken. So maybe it's pay bill by, you know, July 15th and you stick that on there or call this exterminator back or, you know, email this and follow up and you put an, an exact sticky note of what has to be done because that motivates you to do it. It holds you accountable. You doesn't just like randomly go back in a pile and get through that daily paperwork. So there's just kind of a few daily things and that helps with maintenance, organization, productivity, and not getting overwhelmed. I love that. And I love the, I agree with you on the time management tip. That is something that I've done for many years. And if for whatever reason I don't get a chance to do it, my day feels chaotic and out of control. I hear you, sister. That is exactly, that's exactly how I feel. So I love being able to, and I actually, because I'm a geek and I love interior design and color, I actually color code my day out. So every task has a color so that at a glance from across the room, <laughs> you know, yeah. I can see what section of the day is what color so I know what it's associated with. But um, that helps me tremendously to stay on track too. Because especially if you work for yourself, you know, you could easily go into your office and eight hours later say, what the hell did I do today? Like, what did I get done? Mm -hmm. So um, I had um, Stephanie Burns from Chic CEO on last year, and she had a great tip of just, especially if you work for yourself, just do three things. So the night before, figure out what those, the, the big rocks are for the day. Mm -hmm. And that way, at the end of the day, when you can, you know, look over your day and say, okay, what is it that I got accomplished? You know that those three big things got done. And all the other little stuff is good filler, but those three things, you, you feel like you've got something accomplished and your day was not completely wasted. 
Absolutely. And I loved that. I thought that was a great tip. Now, let me ask you about, um, I think that, you, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that, you know, as uh, a single person, it was very easy to manage this, you know, unorganized but organized life. And then when you uh, gained a family, it got a little bit more chaotic. So I'm sure that a lot of listeners can relate to that, especially mm -hmm. with kids. Mm -hmm. So as a mom, what are some things that a mom can do to get the kids involved, to get them to put away the toothpaste, put away the hairbrush, you know, little things like that to help along the way and keep the house organized as a family? That is a great question. I'm a huge believer of the end of day 15, 15 minute sweep, I call it. The 15 minute pickup where everyone is responsible for their own stuff and literally it's 10 or 15 minutes and when you have two kids helping you, it goes fast, right? And you, they just got to go around and pick up what they left in the family room and just sort of pick up their backpack and put it away or pick up their socks or Whatever it might be that everyone's just sort of walking around the house and in your key areas, it's usually like your kitchen and family room, and just pick up the stuff that belongs with you and go put in your room or put in the laundry room or put it wherever it needs to go. That to me is one of the biggest, just most relaxing ways to wake up in the morning to know that everything was picked up. It really becomes this family affair. It gives everyone accountability and it just starts teaching your kids at a young age that they need to be responsible for their own stuff and that mom and dad are not going to do everything for them all the time. Um, so that's probably one of my, my favorite and uh, most effective tips I think is to make that a family habit. And do you do that like at the same time every day or, or how do you make that into a ritual so that it does get done every day and the kids do want to participate and, you know, don't have a fit and oh, I don't want to do that. You know, how do you get it involved so that it's a fun family event and at what time? Huh, a fun family event, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I usually say before, like before we're getting ready to do the whole bedtime routine. And that might, maybe you can use that as your little bribe to them. You know, we'll, we'll read a story together, we'll tuck in bed, or you can have, or if they're older, you know, you have a few more minutes on your electronics or whatever it might be, just some kind of incentive uh, to to do it. And it's part of it's just like, this is just our responsibility as a family. Like I tell my kids that sometimes everything in life isn't going to be fun. <laughs> There's just yeah. some things we got to do, but it's going to help you so much in the long term. It's going to help our day in the morning. It's going to help us all get out without stress. Like sometimes when, it, of course, when the mornings are going awry and I'm freaking out and I'm like, see, this is because we weren't, you know, we didn't get it together last night, and, you know, and so it's like, if you don't want me yelling in the morning and you guys want to get out on time and not be late, then we just all got to do this tonight. Um, so I think it's a combination of sort of incentivizing and just, you know, making them understand accountability, responsibility, and also just saying, you know what, if we do it now, it's going to be 10 minutes, we're going to be done. This isn't like, we're not talking about hours here. You know, if we all chip in, we're going to be done in 10 minutes and we're done. Well, and I think it's a really good point to involve the kids because, you know, I, I see that a lot of kids today... Um, you know, whether I go out to dinner or if I go over to a friend's house, it seems like the kids are very scattered. They're not putting things away. And it's like, as you said, if they go into adulthood with that lack of responsibility, yeah. when they do get into that first apartment or that first dorm room, they're going to be that kid that, you know, looks like a complete slob. Right. And, you know, just from, I know from experience myself, you know, uh, my ex-husband was that way. Like he was just a complete slob. He never picked up after himself. He never did anything. He never did dishes. Like he never helped out in any way, shape or form. And so it put a huge strain on our marriage and it, I was always just completely 
left frustrated and disappointed all the time. And I hated that. And then now the, the man that I'm with now, he is just completely the opposite. He's responsible. He does dishes. He cleans. He helps with the organization. And we do those sweeps at night. Just before we go to bed, we go yeah. through the entire house and we just, you know, like no mail enters the house. We have a routine that mail does not even go past the garage. We have the trash can in there and all mail that we don't need goes in the trash before it even enters the house. That's awesome. But we do a sweep just before we go to bed. Like we fix all the pillows. We fold all the blankets. We put all the dishes away. Like nothing is a mess so that when we make coffee in the morning everything's oh. in order oh it's such a great feeling I mean but it's nothing... a huge difference between the way he was raised and my ex-husband was raised yes. <laughs> and nothing stresses me out more than when I wake up to a sink full of dishes like I swear it just it like ruins my morning it ruins my mood I'm all cranky you know if I was just some nights if we're just too tired to do it and that happens of course but I mean, the, when I when it's cleared and you're just right, when you wake up and you get to have your coffee and everything is just serene, oh my God, it makes the biggest difference in your day. And I also want to say one thing we didn't touch on that you just, you know, is such a great example of how much clutter and just disorganization in general affects relationships. Oh, yes. And it, you know, it really does. Um, it's, yeah, there's just, it's just on so many levels that... Um, it just well, it was a big difference in our upbringing. Like my mother was a single mom, and so she brought me up. And at a very young age, I was doing laundry. I was helping with the house and cleaning, you know, and helping, um, you know, e even though it was her money, I was helping her pay the bills, you know, writing checks out of her checkbook. And like I was doing very responsible things. So by the time I got to college, you know, I had a very pristine apartment. Everything was always in its place. I was always very organized, but that was from my upbringing. And then, you know, my ex-husband didn't have that. His mother did everything for him. Right. So when we got married, it was like it was a complete zoo. Like yes. I was just left flabbergasted and exasperated all the time because he wouldn't do anything at all. He just expected me to do it. And it put a huge strain on our marriage because I was exhausted all the time. So Absolutely. you yeah. have to be able to have that partnership, you know, like when I would be doing the sweeps at night, he would be laying in bed, you know, watching TV or reading a book. And it's like, wait a minute, I've worked all day. I want to do that, but I can't. I've got to spend a half hour trying to get the house in order that you've made a mess out of. Yes. So I think it's great to work with your children at a younger age and, you know, have them put away the, the hairbrush and the toothbrush and put their shoes away and put their backpacks up and just really instill that level of responsibility because that sticks with them. It really does. And, you know, and it also, of course, I mean, like I said, this, this whole idea of just getting organized and being on top of things, it goes into all your areas of your life. But, you know, when I teach sometimes at corporations and businesses, you know, I say this is the difference between if all things created equal between you and another employee and you're both vying for a promotion, you know, your organization is a difference between them getting pr promoted or you getting promoted. You know, it's kind of the same thing. If you're always cluttered and you can't get to your papers on time or you can't react to something in a timely manner or you're showing up late to meetings and all this kind of stuff, you know, that has a huge impact on your productivity, on the way people see you, um, just your ability to lead, to manage. So, you know, it really just sinks into all areas of your life. It's not just about your home, but, you know, your relationships, your work, your spirituality and everything. So That's a great, great point. I would agree with that. You know, I've worked with vendors. I just had an experience. I, I just got back from Atlanta Market and 
I have had an experience with a vendor that I found at market and just in the last week of dealing with them um, the just the level of customer service that they've provided me has been very unorganized the emails have been very scattered um, nobody is talking to one another it's like they've got different departments and I was just like this is too dysfunctional for me and so it's a terrific line and it's a great company that I would love to work with but the lack of organization in their company has just made me not want to work with them yeah yeah it's amazing what it you know what an impact it has mm-hmm so if you could change one thing that people always do when it comes to being, you know, disorganized and clutter and whatnot, if you could change that, what would that one thing be that they always do? You know, we've talked about this, we've touched upon it, but I'll just reiterate it. I think it's just holding on to things for the wrong reasons and this feeling of, but that's just how I've always done it. But this is, I have to do that. But I, how could I let go of that? It's my grandmother's or it's my mother's or, you know, that feeling of not being able, not having that permission to let go or, like you said, I mean, even holding on to things that have bad feelings associated with mm. them um, yeah. and not just being able to 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 say, I, I want freedom from this or I, it's okay. I think it's just that feeling of that security, that insecurity rather, that I, it's not, you know, it's okay. It's okay for you to let go and things are not only is it going to be okay, it's going to be so much better. Yeah. It's just going to be so much better. Well, you know? and I think that, you know, one of the most important things is that a lot of the things that we do consume, whether it's, you know, another thing I see people hang on to that I think is, you know, it, to me, it's just pure clutter, but our awards, you know, people will get awards or they'll, they'll get paper paraphernalia for a certification or they'll hold on to books and they haven't read them in years. And um, I feel like the joy comes when, or like even with clothing, the joy comes from the purchase of that item or the winning of that item. It's more the emotional state that you get when you have received it or the recognition that you get from the item when you win it or you know when you buy the the piece of art or whatever or get it but I think that the the guilt associated with you know throwing it oh well, I can't possibly throw away this or get rid of this art or this this clothing because I paid for it or I can't possibly throw away this award because I want it so the stuff just starts to accumulate and accumulate but I think if people kind of back up and, and look at the emotional state that they had when they received it or purchased it or got it versus the emotional state that they have now where it's I'm just hanging on to it for X Y you know XYZ reason um, I think that's also an easier way for them to let go of it uh, and not hang on to it. Um, I, I think that, you know, which we've talked about many times over the podcast, is that we just hang on to things for the wrong reasons. And if you can just imagine what it feels like to be organized and not have that overwhelm and that stress versus, eh, I'm just going to hang on to it because of... Um, but if you can get to that state of being organized, know where things are and have that, like what you're talking about coming down in the morning and having that cup of coffee that's stress-free and feels amazing, um, that's a terrific reward. And another thing that I see people do all the time is they have three or four of the same thing. Mm-hmm. They'll have like three blow dryers and two blenders and, you know, like yes. things that you don't need. So, yes. um 
you know, in that context, it's like, well, do you really need, you know, four blow dryers? Two of them are broken. Like, let's get rid of some of these. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's so true. And I think that a lot of that comes from when you start sorting and you start seeing how much of the same, that's when you really come face to face with how much of the same stuff we have. You know, it's incredible how much we accumulate over, over time. Mm-hmm. And how unnecessary it all is. And, yeah. you know, it's uh, like you said, starting with something small or maybe just 60 seconds or, you know, I, what I typically have clients do is, you know, I will have them start with a junk drawer and see how that makes them feel yes. and then maybe expand to a full cabinet and then maybe expand to the closet or a closet. And, you know, the, the level of feeling of excitement that they get when they start letting stuff go. Mm-hmm. is it's such a, a great, it's inspiring actually to see how great it makes people feel and how organized they get, but it starts to get them motivated, which I think is great to start wanting to do more for the rest of the house. And then yeah. it's just a matter of hanging on to that so that they still do it six months from now. Right, right. <laughs> and it's, just, it's like a habit, like anything else. I say it's like these muscles you don't use, and the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So again, just like you said, the more when you start from a small little space and you let go and you recognize and see this feels amazing and I'm going to be okay, this is great, then you move on a little more, a little more, a little more. But it really is just a matter of practice. You know, you practice it and practice it and practice it and You'll find over time how much easier it is to let go of things as you practice that that muscle of letting go. Um, but when it's just once in a while, it gets very hard to let go. Yeah, and you usually don't miss the things. I mean, I'm throwing stuff oh, yeah. away all the time, and like I, I rarely miss anything. And if I don't have it, I just go get it. Yes, yes. We live in a world of abundance, and if we really need something that you've gotten rid of, you will find another way to either – well, one, either just do without it, two, buy it, three, rent it, or four, borrow it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they will find another way. And so that, again, it's just, it's just that feeling of it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it's like everybody has this depression era mentality and none of us have been in the depression. I know. <laughs> I know. So what, uh, what are some of your favorite books, whether they're organizational or not, but what are some of your favorite books that you have read or is on your nightstand? Well, as far as organization, my favorite author is Julie Morgan Stern, and she's written books like Organizing from the Inside Out, Time Management from the Inside Out, I think a couple others. But she, to me, really hits the nail on the head about really a lot of the issues that we've been talking about, how you internally need to look at everything that's going on and then start organizing. So it's called Organizing from the Inside Out. I just love the way she lays it out. So I'd highly recommend that book to anyone who wants to get on this path or, you know, just have more success with organizing. The one that's taken the world by storm right now is The Art of Tidying. You may have mm. heard of that by Marie Kondo. It's my favorite book. Which I haven't even read yet, but I've read so many excerpts from it that I'm quite certain I know what it's all about. And it's very much what we've been talking about, about focusing on the items that bring you joy. You know, just just on those joy, just on those items that create joy and uplift you and kind of getting rid of everything else and surrounding yourself with just those items. So I would say those are the the big, you know, organization books and a lot of the other books are, I have business books that I'm always reading and rereading and every new book I can get my hand on, I'm always absorbing. So <laughs> what's your favorite business book? Well, one that I'm reading right now that is my second or third time reading this is the eight. And I don't know if it's just called, I think it's just called 80, 20 rule. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure it's by. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, 
I just love it. I just love it because it just, every time I read it, I think a little bit better. Like I just need to focus on, you know, something else that's more fruitful or where am I wasting my time or how can I better utilize my skills and where am I getting the most bang for my buck? That kind yeah, of you can apply it to just about everything in your life. Absolutely. Even your closet. Yeah. <laughs> so. One one of my favorite um uh, business books, which I, I feel like I'm recommending it to everyone, is Essentialism by Greg McCowan. And it really touches on, it's basically how to declutter your um, business life. And so as an entrepreneur, we are often finding ourselves busy, but not productive. Right. And so he uh, gives some really hard and fast tips on how to be an essentialist as far as an entrepreneur goes and how to say no and how to learn how to say yes to the right things. Um, and he talks about, and I'm pretty sure that it was Stephen Covey that did this example, which we were talking about earlier about the big rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, but he used to do this great example of, he would have somebody come up on the stage and he would have sand, some small pebbles and some big rocks. And he would tell them to put in the sand and the little rocks, and then the big rocks wouldn't fit into the jar. And so what he would do is reverse it and say, okay, now take the big rocks and put those in the jar and then you could put in the pebbles and then you could still fit in the sand. So based on how you lay out your day, you can get everything in if you do it correctly. I and love so, that. yes, it's a brilliant, brilliant analogy. And especially when you work for yourself and you're a solopreneur or um, a small business owner, we, we tend to get ourselves worked up in a froth in un essential things and so by the end of the day we haven't even touched on those big rocks and so we've been focusing on the sand and the pebbles that really don't make an impact in our business and so um, essentialism is all about focusing on the big rocks only and it's just it's a great book it's called essentialism essentialism and I believe the author is Greg McGowan Okay. It's okay. on Amazon. Go buy it now. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically uh, how to declutter your entrepreneurial life. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait to read that. Yeah. So we are, I knew this was going to go by quickly. Uh, we are approaching an hour. So if people are interested in finding out more about Life is Organized or would like to work with you, how can they find you? Well, come on over to lifeisorganized.com. On my homepage and really all over my website, you'll have you'll see places where you can sign up for my weekly video blogs. I released a new video with a short tip and strategy and how to get simplified and organized every week. So I have 200 free videos on my website. So sign up. You'll also get a free five-day workshop, which is just kind of your quick start, your jump start to get organized and productive. And also join me over on Facebook at, at My Life is Organized page and I'm really active there and I love engaging and, and just getting to know people really closely on that. And a, a program that my signature program is called Powerhouse Ultimate. And so once you're on my list, you'll definitely be able to hear about that because that is only released once or twice a year. But it's a fabulous program. I take you through a few weeks together that we really work on a lot of this insightful stuff that we've been talking about today, really working on the internal reasons of why we hold on and how to let go and how to move forward and work with other people in your family to then get your life organized and productive. So I'm excited about that. It'll be in, we're running one right now and I'll be running it again in early January. 
Love that. And what was your website again? lifeisorganized.com. Awesome. Well, I am so thankful that you said yes to this podcast, and I'm so happy that we were able to chat today and hopefully give some amazing tips to our listeners today. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun, Amanda. Thank you so much. Awesome. We will talk soon. It is desirable that a man live in all respects so simply and preparedly that if an enemy take the town, he can walk out the gate empty-handed without anxiety. A true and great quote by Henry David Thoreau. A friend of mine recently lost everything from the devastating floods in Texas. Her life abruptly washed away with but one angry storm. But with it, came an experience she found that the bonds of her family and memories were the sweetest thing. Knowing that tomorrow brings a new and fresh start, literally because she lost everything. We came into existence with nothing, and when our spirit departs, we will take nothing. Laia Gifty. I do have to say that the more simple ways that we live and really trying to uh, get rid of the clutter is probably one of the best ways to live. I've seen it time and time again when people live a uh, more simple life, how much more freedom they have and how simple um, it is for them to do everything in their life. I see that a lot of anxiety comes from clutter and a lot of times people can't see the root of it. So I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. If you have any questions or would like further information, don't hesitate to contact us at info at gatesinteriordesign.com. You can also find me on Twitter at the Amanda Gates. And if you want to look at our website, it's gatesinteriordesign.com. Bye for now.